Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for your grace, your mercy, your love, Lord. We need you, Lord, even at this hour, Father. Forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We ask, O oh God, that you will increase as I decrease, Lord. Fill me. Let an overflowing of your spirit be given, Lord, in word and demonstration through the rightly dividing of your word. We ask, O oh God, that you would get all the glory due to your holy name. No man deserves any of your glory. We thank you, O oh God, for your grace, your mercy. Meet every man, every boy, every young man right where we are to be more like Christ. Draw someone to Jesus tonight. Help those who are struggling or teeter-tottering on the fence of life to make a decision to turn to Christ. We ask, O oh God, that you would help those who are struggling with seeker sin to make them uncomfortable even today. That they may be sanctified, prepared to be used by the master. We pray, O oh God, we know, Lord, that you are the potter, we are the clay, mold us. Make us, shape us in your own way, Lord. Have your own way. Have thine own way, O Lord, in all of our lives, Lord, that we may give you all the glory due to your holy name. We pray, O God, that you would help us to focus on the word. Make it so simple even a young child can understand. I don't take it lightly, Lord, to stand behind this sacred desk, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the awesome privilege to share with your people, Lord. We ask, O oh God, that you would create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. You've heard me say it before, there are so many men in this room, no doubt, that God could have stand behind this desk. We all have our various lanes. We all have things, our ministries that God has called us to. If you don't know it, we should be about our Father's business on His agenda. He has timing. His timing is perfect. Some of us just need to wait on Him. God desires to use each and every person in this room that is blood-bought by him. For those who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ yet, God wants to use you also. In this text is a great warning to all of us. Tonight, I hope that we learn something from the Word of God because so many of us falter 
at this one point. Or we could falter. In Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 13, Jesus, he speaks a parable about the rich fool. And it reads, then one of the crowd, then one from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator? arbitrator over you and he said to them take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses then he spoke a parable to them saying the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful plentifully and he thought within himself saying what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will require, be required of you. Then, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Today I want to lift up the subject, don't wait, don't wait. When you think about most men, we define ourselves by the success that we have in our bank accounts. Most men define themselves by how much money is stored in the accounts. Most men measure their value by how many stock options that they possess in their lives. I'm going to come down your row right now. Most men value their lives by how much retirement they have stored up. Most men measure their manhood by the possessions they possess. Jesus warns us tonight in the word as he did. When he walked the earth. When you look at Wall Street and when you look at planning the future, I don't know how long they have been saying that when you retire, Social Security will be gone. 
Am I the only one that heard that? <laughs> I mean, I heard it even before I had a job. My mom would tell me, son, when you get older, Social Security will be gone. Well, I'm glad I heeded my mom's voice. I'm not banking on Social Security. The reason why I make that point is because so many of us are living our life planning for the future and we're neglecting what matters most. You say, how do you know that preacher? Many of us, we check our accounts every day, but how many times do we take the time out to check what is written. I mean, we'll call our broker, we'll call our retirement financial advisor, but do we call on the name of the Lord like we should every day? It's a, it's a beautiful warning because you young men, hopefully you will get a job, you will provide for your family, you will plan for the future, nothing wrong with that, but you should not allow your possessions to possess you. Amen. How many of us are guilty, have been guilty of this very sin which Jesus is describing that's so camouflaged in our lives, which is covetousness? I mean, if we all be honest, we all want the bigger truck. We all want the bigger house. We all want the bigger account. We all want more instead of being content with what we have. But thanks be to God for some of us who have learned the lesson by reading the word, by being warned from the word of God to be content. I'm not talking to you brothers that have learned the lesson. I'm talking, I'm talking to those who, who yet need to learn to stop relying on materialism to sustain you. I'm in the Bible. Let's turn to Exodus. Now, you, many of you guys know this. Hold your place in Matthew. I mean, Luke, excuse me. Go to Exodus chapter 20. The reason why we go to these scriptures is because every time we see the word of God written and read it, you know what it does? It renews the mind. So I'm not going to quote it. We're going to read it because many of us, this is the first time we read in the Bible today. Ouch. Amen. In Exodus chapter 20, it says in verse 3, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. If you did not know it before, I'll let you know right now. Greed is a sin. Covetousness is a form of idolatry. Stop getting caught up by getting the latest and the greatest iPhone or Samsung. It doesn't matter. It's junk. 
What matters the most is our focus on the kingdom of God. There's three, three points I have for this text. Number one, the warning. You want to write that down if you do or memorize it or, or just simply listen. Number one, the warning. Number two, the waste. And number three, the wealth. The warning, the waste, the wealth. The warning is found in verses 13 through 15. Let's read the text again. It says, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed, that's the warning, and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Men measure what they have to equate to their value. Jesus sends out a warning. I'm not the judge. You know he's coming back as a judge. But in this context, at this time, somebody asked him. He said, Lord, tell my brother to divide the inheritance. This is not a piece of the pie. This is not a, you know, a slice of the cake. Only the firstborn was entitled to the inheritance. But here you hear this brother, he's asking the Lord to run interference for him to get part of the possession. His eyes was on the wrong prize. How do you know that? He's talking to the Lord and he's asking the Lord to intervene on his behalf so that he can possess some material possessions instead of getting to know Jesus. Think about it. He's standing before the Lord, the King of kings, Lord of lords. I'm sure he heard about Jesus healing. I'm sure he heard about his teaching. But all he's consumed about is stuff. How many, thank you, Lord. How many of us are consumed with Stuff instead of the other S, the Savior. How many of us are focused on materialism instead of the Master? How many of us are, in, are, are, are focused on what we can collect here on earth rather than Christ? It's really a, a great parable because it shows us that some of us, some of our attention is focused in the wrong place. I'm glad you retired. Praise the Lord. Are you involved in any ministry? Ouch. If the answer is no, then your life is basically summed up in what you got. 
Do you know that those in Christ have been bought with a price? I mean, God, he has, he has saved us. He's filled us with his Holy Spirit. Not for us just to sit, but the other S, to serve. I see it on your faces. You want to serve, but you're allowing possessions to cloud your judgment. Amen. Jesus warns this person in the crowd. I'm glad he, it's, it's an unnamed person. Why? Because it can apply to us. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all been guilty of working too many hours, neglecting our family in order to get further in life. I know I'm guilty. I worked many hours as a lineman chasing that mighty dollar. And I've neglected at times my family. But Jesus warns us here in the text, no one's exempt from the word. The warning's out. He says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Do you know life is more than just stuff? It's more than your 401k. It's more than your bank account. It's more than your gold. It's more than... Whatever is occupying your time. Christ has purchased our salvation in order for us to affect the world. The warning's out. We looked at the warning. Now, let's look at the waste. Let's look at the waste. Verse 16, it's verse 16 through 19. It says, then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, so... You have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. We see three sins in the life of this covetous person. Number one, self-preservation. Self-preservation. You do know that when they... When we say self-preservation, we're talking about he had a selfish mindset in order to protect himself from harm's way. What, what, what are you saying? He worried so much that he stored up so much in order to counter what could come in his life. Okay, let me let me make it plain. A lot of times we... Possess a whole bunch of stuff in order for self-preservation. Okay, I'm going to make it real plain. 
You might have $700,000 in your 401k or a million right now. But it can be gone just like that. I don't care what we have. What we have living in the inside is greater. The Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We have the power of Christ, the power of God to be effective. But some of us are ineffective because of covetousness. It's just simple. Is Christ worth more than what we have? If the answer is yes, then we ought to show some fruit with our behavior. Make it plain. If you spend all your time on the cell phone, social media, but you haven't read your Bible, something wrong with that. If you spend all your time as a couch potato flipping channels waiting for your favorite show that you recorded and you have not picked up the Bible, you got a problem. If we decide to take our families out to dinner every week, but we won't, we won't spend time with a brother in need that don't have, we got a problem. The waste of this covetous man in the parable is, notice that he says within himself. He has a selfish outlook on life. And then the other sin that he was guilty of was his stored possessions. He stored things that men could break in and steal. Moth could rust. Notice that his prized possession was things that could fail. The apple of his eye was what he had stored up. And then notice his, the, the other sin that he was guilty of was his security was, he was puffed up. His security led to his pride. Oh, I'm going to stop right there. Many times when a man have a lot of riches, that can lead to pride. Why? Because greed can manifest itself in pride. That's why you see so many are greedy for gain. Okay, let's, let's, let me, let's check the record. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. We're going to jump around. I'm warning you now, so don't get mad. Hebrews 13, 5. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. 
For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Notice that our content should be in God. The fact that God is will and forever be with us. I don't care how much you lose or have lost in the stock market. I don't care how much your retirement has declined. The Lord is with you. And if the Lord is with you, he's all you need. He's all we need. Young man, I know you're going to be starting your career. I know you're going to be working. I know you're not going to be a couch potato because you have your dads here. That's going to make sure that you go to work. My warning to you is when you start your journey and in, in start working in the professional field, don't get caught up in making a whole lot of money. Keep your eyes on the prize. Christ is the prize. Paul says, I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He, forgetting those things which are behind. I press toward the mark. Christ is the prize. He's the best thing, person that you can ever have. He's your best friend. He's all you need. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy is right to the right. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Excuse me, it's to the left. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 10. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the what? The faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrow. Do you know there's a lot of folks that have started out quote unquote with the Lord. They've allowed riches, greed to possess them and they're the more miserable. True joy comes in Jesus. It don't come with the junk we have. It comes with Jesus. Jesus, he should be our all in all. Amen. I mean, when you look around the church, there are so many who are frowning. They have frowns on their face. They don't smile. They don't, they don't laugh. They don't, they don't joke around. Why? Because they ain't got enough of Jesus. The more we spend time in the word of God and the more we close the door and enter in that closet, that, that intimate relationship with the Lord, guess what? We'll smile a little better. Our attitude will be a better, be, be better. Notice that the, this man in the story, in the parable, his, he had the wrong attitude. How you know that, preacher? Nowhere in the text he mentions God. He's almost crazy. He's talking to himself. <laughs> the Lord, he wants us to talk to him. I had a dream this, uh, this Monday. Horrible dream. The dream was 
I dreamt my Uncle Greg had died abruptly. Now, my Uncle Greg, for those who don't know, he's married to my Auntie Nita. He used to work at DWP, Department of Water and Power. He was a superintendent. He moved all the way up in the ranks. I mean, my Uncle Greg is loaded. When I say he got money, he got money. But you know who he don't got? He don't got Jesus. The Lord woke me up from the dream. I, I called my auntie the next day, which is today. I said, auntie, I had a terrible dream about your husband, and he died abruptly. The Lord took me to this passage right here. Because in the passage, it states that this foolish, rich ruler, I mean, rich man, he lived his life short-sighted because he didn't live it unto the Lord. He possessed all these goods, collected all his merchandise. He didn't have the master. And guess what? God called, Jesus called him a fool because tonight his soul was required. The warning is, I said, Lord, why, why did I have that dream? Right? So I'm pondering. I know why I had the dream. God wanted me to warn my uncle. God wanted me to share the gospel. God wanted me to show my uncle he's the man in the text. He's a lot, he has a beautiful house. He has plenty of money. But you know what? He ain't got Jesus. His marriage is in shambles. He's a man of pride. He puts on a facade. He looks nice. He, 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 he's decked out. But he don't have Jesus. I got a phone call the other day, yesterday, by my buddy uh, Jake. Some of you guys heard him sing up here. The Lord had me call him, so I called him. He's in California, and for those who don't know, um, when you see guys with uh, cauliflower ears, just know they do jujitsu. Don't mess with him; they bad. <laughs> Jake is a black belt in jujitsu. He don't brag about it. He loves the Lord, so he's out in California, in Costa Mesa. Um, at a sports arena, somebody dies there. He, he texts me. But yesterday, I talked to Jake. Or, or, I think it was Monday. Whenever I talked to Jake, he said, hey, pastor. I said, what's up? He said, I had a dream. I said, what was your dream? He said, I dreamt my brother died. I said, man, I had a dream too. We both dreamt that somebody close to us died in our dream. So tonight, I'm sitting there. I'm eating uh, eating my, my dinner. I'm sitting right there across from Jonathan. He says he, his mother had a dream. He had a dream that somebody in his family, his brother, had died. I'm like, Lord, now I know why God told me to dream. The reason why God revealed the dream to me was so that I can tell my auntie so she can brace herself if it comes true. But more importantly, that my uncle's soul will be required. I mean, God's judgment is lingering over his head. He got everything in his life, but he don't have the life giver. He don't have Jesus. So why am I telling you guys this story that's very personal, very dear? It's a burden on my heart. I called my auntie. I said, I didn't even want to tell you the dream. 
It's a warning. I got I to gotta tell my uncle. Now, I've witnessed it to him, but the Lord said, no, tell him the dream and tell him the word and tell him he's the man in the word, in the scripture. It's him. I'm not trying to wow y'all. I'm just trying to tell you that when God tell you something, you need to do it. There's many family members, brothers, sisters, cousins in our families. We know they're caught up in homosexuality. They're caught up in sin. Are we willing to warn them? I want to encourage you tonight, today, swiftly. When God gives you the opportunity, warn them of God's impending wrath. What I didn't tell you guys is my auntie and my uncle, they're physically separated, living in different houses because of my uncle's failure to surrender to the Lord. As men, if we don't have Jesus, we will become men that are abusers of women. We will become so self-centered that we will live a life of pride without the Prince of Peace. My auntie told me today, she said, when she moved out, guess what happened, nephew? I said, what happened? She said, your uncle, physically, he started deteriorating simply because of things he will not repent of. The warning's out. Whatever sin that you have been slipping up with, you need to repent. God is so long-suffering, willing that none perish, but all be saved and come to Christ. If you do not know Jesus Christ, all you got to do is ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin, repent of sin, believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Back in Luke, and we will close. We talked about the warning. We talked the waste. The waste is it's a waste of our time to allow material possessions to occupy and possess us. We talked about the warning. We talked about the waste. Now let's talk about the good news. Let's talk about the wealth. If you will, look at verses 20 through 21. Jesus says, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Our wealth lies in the kingdom. <laughs> Our wealth lies in the kingdom. I'm in the word. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, But 
But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What things? Things that we need. How many of us have needs in here? Raise your hand. First seek the kingdom in all his righteousness. Put God first and he'll take care of you. Let's go to, now we're talking about the remedy. This is part of the remedy of the problem. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, same, same, go to, look at verse 19 through 21. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where, ne- where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Covetousness is a heart problem. You can't, we can't serve two masters. Either you will love one or hate the other. You can't serve money and claim you serving the master. We got to give up one up. So make it easy on yourself. Just serve the master. Don't worry about your future. Yes, plan for your future. Yes, invest. But don't worry about your future. We might not even be here to enjoy our retirement. Okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a plan again. There's a guy by the name of Greg Zakowski. He worked at SRP for 30 some years. He was supposed to retire last year, but he allowed the company to convince him to stay another six more months. Ask me today, where's Greg Zakowski? He's dead. Today was his funeral today. He lived his life, but he stayed a little longer on the job to squeeze some more juice out the limit. He didn't live to enjoy his retirement. What am I saying? Live for the Lord. Live for the Lord today. I don't care about what we have in our accounts, what you have in your, in your garages. I don't care what you got in your wardrobe. Serve God today. Amen. Today. It's all junk. And I know you heard the joke. You don't see no U-Haul behind a hearse. you never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. We can't take it with us. Last verse. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 11. Paul writes this. He says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, not that I have, that I speak in regard to need, 
For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Paul learned in every state to be content, to be so satisfied in Jesus. You young men, some of the bills might not get paid. Some of the lights might turn off. You may not have your favorite cereal in the cupboards. Will you be content and satisfied in Jesus with eating Thai ramen? God wants us to see the big picture. The kingdom of God is the big picture. The Bible says the soul that wins souls must be wise. Must be wise. When was the last time you asked the Lord, prayed to the Lord to lead you to someone to witness to today? If, that's, if you haven't prayed that, pray that today. Pray that tomorrow. Pray that every day that the Lord allow us to wake up. Why? Man, let's, let's try to take as many as we can to the Lord. Let's lead them to the Lord. Let's plant. Let's water. God is the only one that saves each and every individual who receives his word. Paul, he learned how to be content. Verse 12, he says, I know how to be a base and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Close your Bibles. Brother, I want to encourage us to seek first the kingdom of God. Don't waste your time on mediocrity, menial things that have no eternal value. Zero. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, O God, for the word of God. We thank you for the warning. We thank you that you have taught us and are yet teaching us not to waste the time that you've given us. Help us to be great stewards over the time that you've given us. Our, our life is but a vapor. We can meet you even on this night. We pray, oh God, that if someone is in here that, that does not know Jesus Christ, that you would draw them to Christ to surrender all to you, Lord. I pray for my brothers that are struggling with sin, secret sin, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you would help them. They're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. Bless them, Lord. Let your blessings overflow in their lives to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us all to see the bigger picture, Lord, to first seek the kingdom of God. And all, help us to be more disciplined, Lord. We, some of us lack discipline. Help us to be disciplined. Some of us struggle with our anger, with our tongue. To be, help us to be slow to speak, swift to listen, and slow to anger. Help us, Lord, to be men, to be disciples who die daily, voluntarily, because of the price you paid on Calvary. Lord, bless Pastor Darrell on tomorrow. Bless every ministry on tomorrow. Bless every man, every boy, Lord. To surrender all to you. We thank you, O oh God, for your grace, your mercy. We give you all 
All your name, all the glory that's due to you, Lord. I thank you for my brothers in Christ. Let us hold one another up in prayer. Let us encourage one another. Oh God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Give us, create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let us rejoice as we go through our trials and as we go through the test that you have allowed us to go through. The trying of our faith that will work patience, Lord. Teach some young man patience, Lord. Teach us how to suffer for Christ. We want to reign, but quite frankly, Lord, we don't want to suffer, Lord. Teach us to suffer, Lord, for you. To be willing to suffer. To be a base. And to abound, to be content, to be satisfied. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.